0: Welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read parasha Kitzitzitze, and uh, it's a it's a parasha that is replete, replete with mitzvot. I think, if I'm not wrong, it's like 72 mitzvahs of the three, 630 mitzvot. And at the end of the, of the Sidra, at the end of the parasha, uh, in Maftir, It says, constantly remember what Amalek did to you on the way when you went out of Mitzrayim, that they encountered you on the way and mutilated all the weakened ones who were strangling after you, and you were faint and weary, and they did not fear God. So, so what, does, what is it telling us? We already read it in Exodus, uh, this pasuk uh, of when Amalek came after the Jewish people, when they left Egypt, Amalek was a nation, actually, they still exist, this nation of people. That, um, that come after the Jews uh, so often, they create havoc inside of us and they make us doubt. And so these Amalek, they came after the Jews in the moment that they crossed the Red Sea, that Hashem had parted the sea for them and they came after them. And they took, uh, they, they killed the people that were in the back, that they were weary and tired. And so it says in Exodus, Moses named the place the place Refidim. And this place where this happened uh, means challenge and strife because of strife of the people of Israel and their challenging of God saying, Is God amongst or, or not? So Amalek came and attacked Israel in Refidim. So the Gemachia, the um, the Hebrew um, the Hebrew letters have also a numerical value, the gematria is the numerical value of the, of the word. The Hebrew letters that spell amalek is 240. Letters that spell also doubt, cephek which means baseless, irrational doubt that causes the fervor of holiness. And uh, he continues saying, Remember what Amalek did to you on the road on your way out of Egypt, that he encountered you on the way and cut off those lagging to your rear when you were tired and exhausted. He did not fear God, therefore you must obliterate the memory of Amalek from under the heavens, do not forget. So what is this all about? It's supposedly people should go to shul this week and, and listen to this uh, reading of the Torah because this is something that has been plaguing us forever. Uh, yes, there's a physical entity called Amalek, but also within ourselves, we have an internal Amalek, and this internal Amalek is the one that's always creating doubt within us in our connection to Hashem. So, the Lubavitch Rebbe, in one of his sihas, explains that the Jew- Jewish people uh, had just experienced the most incredible time of their lives. Like, we've never experienced anything like what the Jewish people coming out of Egypt experienced. They had just come out of Egypt for 210 years, they were slaves. They saw the 10 plagues with their own eyes uh, then Hashem took them out fleeing in a split of a second he parted the sea for them the manna the, this holy heavenly food fell from the heavens to feed them and nourish them and took care of them uh, they have water from a spring that came with them from a rock and they had the clouds of glory on top of their head taking care of them all the time so what was the question is God not amongst us how could they ever doubt that God was not there with them. So yet, such is the nature of doubt. This is what doubt does. Doubt, you can be a very logical person, you can have everything in front of your eyes, and suddenly this thing comes inside, and it it makes you doubt. So there is doubt that is based on rational query, there is doubt that rises from a doubter's subjective motives and desires, but then there is a doubt, uh, pure and simple, which is irrational and it makes us doubt with um, with power, more powerful, the doubt is more power, powerful than reason. So it's something like, for example, people today, they get stuck to the TVs, they're listening to news all day, and the, the news gets you scared and creates havoc and it creates doubt in people, and they make you believe that everything's falling apart, right, but you're in your house, everything's fine, you still have electricity, you still have water running, you still have food in your fridge, you still have clothes in your closet, and but but the news is telling you, no, you're dying, there's nothing, the the, the COVID here, they're still again with the COVID, and then there's food sh- the, the the inflation is taking over, and there's everything super expensive. And yes, it's not that it's not true, but people are leaving. I see, I go to a restaurant, it's full of people you see it go to an airport it's full of people people are still living and moving and working and doing so this is an irrational doubt that clings to a person creates anxiety creates fear and this is what it's, it's talking about this amalek that we have to fight every day of our lives so such was a doubt that the Jewish people felt Uh, When they came out of Egypt, like imagine, Hashem is feeding them, He's taking them, He's parting a sea for them, miracle after miracle, and even with that, they're still doubting. And that, that's, what, that's why they were attacked, and that's why they were a, this Amalek was able to overtake those people that were very, very, um, let's say, very fragile. So doubt neutralizes the most convincing argu- arguments and the most inspiring experiences with nothing more than a cynical shrug. And such was a doubt that left the Jewish people susceptible to this attack of Amalek, Amalek, in a spiritual sense, is the essence of baseless, irrational indifference in the words of the Midrash, that says, to what is the incident of Amalek comparable? And he compares it to a boiling tub of water, which no creature was able to enter and along came an evildoer and jumped into this very hot water boiling water and although he was burned he cooled it off for the rest of of the other people so so what it's saying is that so too when Israel came out of Egypt and God split the, the sea for them and drowned the Egyptians within it the fear of them fell upon all the nations, but when Amalek came and challenged them, although he received his due from them, he cooled all of nations, the world, for them. So what it's saying is that when the Jewish people came out from crossing the sea, they were like miracle after miracle, and then suddenly there were these weary people that were tired, and that's when Amalek came and it, it, it really cooled everybody down. Like the ones that were in front, that they were, they felt suddenly they were also cooled down so this is why Amalek and what he represents constitutes the arch enemy of the Jewish people and their mission in life it's like when a person a Jew for for example says okay you know what I'm gonna start eating kosher for this year I decided I'm not gonna eat treif anymore I'm gonna only eat kosher meat and then the friend comes and he starts making fun of him oh really you're gonna eat kosher but but you're not so why are you gonna do this then it's gonna be a whole problem for you where are you gonna eat you're gonna go to your parents house you won't be able to eat there you're gonna go to your friends house you won't be able to eat there oh and when you travel what are you gonna do right tell me what are you gonna do what are you gonna eat and so this this rhetoric starts putting doubt into a person's mind and starts cooling him down, and that passion of getting closer to Hashem, suddenly is cooled down, and then suddenly he says, okay, no, you're right. It's gonna be too complicated for me. Maybe I shouldn't do anything. And this is what it creates. That's why it's so dangerous. And as Moses proclaimed following the war with Amalek, God has sworn by his throne, God is at war with Amalek for generations. This has been going forever. We know that King Saul, God told him, go and kill Amalek, everybody of that nation, everything, their animals, everything. And he felt bad for the king, he let him be alive, and he, with his wife, had a baby and from there came haman and from there came hitler Mary, their memories be erased so you see that this is a this is a malady that it's not only in a spiritual sense but it's also in the physical world so truth can refute the logical arguments offered against it truth can prevail even over man's selfish desires and dis- and, and drives for in it strings it to the nature of man is the axiom that the mind rules over the heart so that is within a person's capacity to so thoroughly appreciate a truth that it is ingrained in his character and implemented in his behavior. But man's rational faculties are powerless against the challenge of an Amalek who leaps into the boiling top, who brazenly mocks the truth, and cools man's most inspired moments with nothing more than a dismissive like, so what? It's, a, it's like, it's something that has no feeling and it cools a person down, and it makes a person, um, uh, he loses the passion, and so we have to be very careful with Amalek, that's why we should always be learning, have an order of learning every day, it should be whatever you want, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, half an hour, whatever you can, have a good book, good Torah book with you always, and sit and learn every day, do some tehillim every day, pray a little bit every day, like Rabbi Simon Jacobson says you need a, a, you need spa, you need a spa, a spiritual, which is um, which is the prayer, no, I'm sorry, a soul, you have to t- take time for your soul, you have to take time for prayer, and you have to take time for action. Also behavior, your mitzvot are very important, so when a person is aligned with these three uh, categories, one is with learning and, and, and being able to um, to, to grow from intellectually and, and and spiritually connection to God through prayer and then action which is behavior then a person is never gonna be it's not gonna be so easy to cool down a person that's that has a, um, a seder has a an order in the day where he takes care of these um, of this reality within himself. So Amalek attacked Israel on the road when they left Egypt as they headed towards Mount Sinai to receive God's in the mandate uh, and their mandate as his people and we read in the Haggadah every year in every generation was one must see himself as he personally came out of mizraim so in Pesach we're reminded that we are we not only we didn't just leave Egypt so many three thousand something years ago we would leave Egypt every day of our lives it's like we're always slaves and every day we're, we're going through these narrow straits of, of Mitzrayim and we're um, getting through it to be able to connect to God and just like break through. And so the narrowness of the neck, which is what Mitzrayim is, is what interposes between the mind and the heart. So we know that Hashem created us with the head on top and the heart below. And in between you have a neck. And this neck is what connects the heart and the mind, the mind and the heart. And the, as the Alter Rebbe says, Hasidut teaches a person to think with his, to think with his heart and to feel with his mind, with his intellect. And this is the right approach. Like we cannot be so cool-minded, so cold intellectually that we're not gonna feel love for God and fear for God, and the heart cannot, the emotions cannot be going everywhere like crazy without being contained by the intellect. So just as physically the head and the heart are joined by a narrow passageway, the next soul is in the spiritual psychological sense, for while the mind possesses an innate superiority over the heart, it is as most difficult and challenging to task for a person to exercise his superiority to direct and mold his feelings and desires to conform with what he knows to be right. So the the whole thing here is that your feelings are in tune with what Hashem desires from you. You have to think, like if you're feeling something, and now we're a very feeling-based society nowadays in these times that we're living, everything is about feelings and feelings are important and they have to be looked at but you have to always look are my feelings the right feelings are they appropriate feelings you're sad okay why are you sad okay you ask the person no I, I, I moved out of my country I'm in a different country I'm in a new place I'm sad I miss my, 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 my home okay it's appropriate is appropriate but if a person tells you I'm sad and you say why are you sad and the person says I have no idea why I'm sad I'm just sad today I feel sad then okay you have to look why it, it, people are not sad just because there has to be a reason so the individual child to negotiate the narrow straits of one's internal neck to overcome the material enticements, the emotional subjectivity, the ego and self-interest which undermine the mind's authority over the heart and impede its influence on the person's character and behavior. So as long as a person is still imprisoned in his personal time in this narrow strait, in the neck where the mind and the heart cannot have synergy, he faces many challenges to his integrity. This is a person that is gonna, what he thinks, what he says, and what he does, are not together. He thinks one thing, he says another one, he goes and does another one. He has no synergy. So as long as he has not succeeded in establishing his mind as the axis on which all else revolves, his base instincts and traits such as greed, anger, the quest for power, instant gratification um, may get the better. The, may get the better. May get the better part of him. So, but once he achieves his personal exodus, once a person has been able to push through, get out of this narrow strait, uh, get out of his psyche, then once he establishes his knowledge and understanding of the truth as that determining force in his battle against uh, uh, this amalek, this doubt, this thing that cools him down, uh, he will be able to triumph and, and, and be able to live a life in which he's, he's a person that's balanced. His emotions and his, and his mind are working together to make him the best person possible. But there remains one enemy which threatens also the, the, also the post-Exodus individual, and this is Amalek and Amalek knows his master and consciously rebels against him. And this we can call also the the, the Yetzer Hara or the animal soul, and this Amalek does not challenge the truth with arguments or even with selfish motives, he just disregards it, and this is apathy. And this is the worst of all. The worst of all is when a person just doesn't know and doesn't care. Eh, Elie Wiesel said, the worst Thing in a human being is that he, do- he doesn't want to know and he doesn't care. When people say, I don't know and I don't care, th- this person, <laughs> don't even waste time with them, because this is a person that is completely apathetic about everything and uh, there's no reasoning with a person like that, and when you get with a person that is in that way, he, he will cool you down too, and it's contagious, and you have to be very careful. So I want to wish you a very blessed week and remember that you have the power within you and that's the, the key to be able to overcome this Amalek is to remember, that's why the Torah says Sahor. remember, this is the key. Don't forget, whenever you're feeling this way, just remember, oh the Jews when they came out of Egypt, look what happened to them. They, were, they, they had apathy, they cooled down, and this is what happened to them, they got attacked. So remembering is a very very important part of a Jew's memory that we should remember what happened to us so we can change our our present and we can change our futures. But if we forget, then we're doomed to to fail. So I wish you a blessed week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you. (laughs)